Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan-Green from Huge Profits Tiny List, and I'm here today with my official start in 2012 of my podcast. I'm here today with Kelly McCausey of solosmarts.com. Kelly, how are you? I'm great, Connie. Thanks for having me. Yes, I thought that it would be perfect to launch my podcast series by talking to you. You've been doing this for quite a while, and I do want to talk to you about that and about so many things. But basically, tell us what it is that you do. Well, I'm a blogger, podcaster, information marketer, membership site owner, business coach. Okay, so you're you're doing it all and doing it all very, very well and very successfully. And that's great for all of us to be able to see. But there was a point in time long ago when you did something else, am I right? Before business? Before you did the online business. Like my yeah. background is teaching and real estate and you know, I've only been online since two thousand six. But how about you? Well, yeah, I ran the office at my church for about eight, seven years, and then before that I ran a home daycare for eight years. Okay, so you have experience being in charge and making decisions with those jobs. Yeah. And what was it that led you to leave, like, the job at the at the church? What was it that led you to leave that and come online? Well... What brought me online was the need to keep my utilities from getting shut off again. Oh. <laughs> I uh, Back in 2002, uh, my son was 11. I was working full-time, but my paychecks were not very large, and I just, I was, I always had a shortfall. There was never enough money, so... Um, I, you know, people were saying maybe you ought to get a second job, but I just couldn't see leaving my son with someone else so I could go make six bucks an hour at a gas station. So I, people were always telling me, you know, you do such nice work with the church bulletin. People were coming and asking me to put together their wedding invitations, their graduation announcements, doing a desktop publishing thing. So I decided to create a website and market myself as a desktop publisher. And so I worked really hard to make a nice website, and I started to spread the word about it and didn't get even one single client, but a bunch of people saying, hey, could you make me a website like that? <laughs> So I shifted gears and changed it up and started offering design services instead. And that's what really brought me into uh, the Internet marketing world, was I started getting clients who were doing some kind of online business. So you were able to see what they were doing yeah. and then decide how that would resonate with your desires and goals to, to do something at home. Okay, so, I mean, it's very interesting that it's been 10 full years. So when you started doing this, I had no idea that there was business going on on the Internet, even though I was on computers and on the World Wide Web and all of that for many years. I just didn't understand that the business. So you're truly one of the of the pioneers for all of this. I just celebrated my 10th anniversary 
this week on the 4th of January. Wow. That day 10 years ago I registered that first domain name. Isn't that isn't that something? So let me ask you this, because you've been online so long and you've you've approached it from different angles where you first were helping people with designing sites and then became an internet, you know, an information marketer and doing other things similar to what I do now. Uh you started doing that do you see some of the trends come around again? You know, do people jump up and down and get excited about things that you've already seen once or twice before? Mm, that's a really good question. I things change so much over time. I I I would say yes about some of the bad things. Um you know, some of the scams and and things that that float around on the internet, I do see those re resurface and and they always you know make me feel kind of crabby. But um, no, I mean some of the things that we were doing five you know six seven years ago, we were chasing our tail doing silly things that that we thought would help our businesses that you know, we slowly realized had no value or, you know, things that we used to do to try to build our search engine ranking that we now, that the search engines got wise to. I mean, things are always changing. So, no, I don't think I see it come back around. Thank goodness. Okay, good. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good for me to know and for, you know, our listeners that are, that are newer to uh, doing a business on the Internet. And, you know, how did you really choose your your niche, though, to be able to help others get start, started in working with solopreneurs? <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, when I first started to podcast back in 2003, I was it was work-at-home mom's talk radio is what I created because I, I was a work-at-home mom. You know, that was my motivation for being in business was to be able to be there for my son um, well, he's 21 now, and, you know, he moved out of the house when he was 18. So, you know, a year, well, he moved out when he was 19, 18, 19. It's all starting to blur already. <laughs> um, but, you know, he moved out, but he was. He, it didn't feel like it changed that much for me. But this last year, I realized that I didn't feel like a work-at-home mom anymore. It had been, it'd been long enough since I'd had to think about balancing my parenting with my business that it was just no longer part of the equation. I found myself talking about things that just weren't relevant to the average work-at-home mom anymore. And I really, I look back at it now and I see it, it was a business identity crisis. I wasn't a work-at-home mom anymore. I still care deeply about the work-at-home mom, but I don't feel like I can authentically talk with her about where she's at the way that I could when I was there. And so I started to think about, well, so who am I? If I'm not a work-at-home mom, who am I? And, I, you know, I got some interesting advice from people. Some people thought that I should you know, focus on empty nest parents. Um, some people thought I should focus on 
you know, uh, older women. <laughs> I'm only 45. I'm not that older yet. Um, but I decided, you know, for years my market was about who I was, the stage of life I was in. I don't want to turn around and do that again. I don't want to focus on a stage of life that I'll just grow out of. So I thought about, well, who am I really? What am I doing? And I'm a solopreneur. I'm an entrepreneur who purposefully keeps her business manageable by myself. That's what makes me a solopreneur. And and so that's mostly who I end up working with, you know, that's who's attracted to me as other people who want to create that same kind of business. So that's how I chose the solopreneur market, and it feels good. Well, it, it feels makes, like a great fit. Yeah, it makes so much sense, Kelly, you know, how you're describing it, where, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stay in a niche that you're really no longer a part of, and then what do you transition smoothly to? And it's something then that, that resonates with you and that makes sense for who you are as a person. And I think, you know, so many of the newer people, um, they they ask me and probably people ask you the same thing, you know, what makes money? They're interested in a niche that makes money instead of a niche that really defines who they are and really will be so rewarding and, and satisfying. So do you, do you feel that that's true? Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing. Just amazing I love in, in that way. What I do. I'm sorry. I love, I love what I do. I love it. <laughs> yes, because we want to wake up every morning and really be so thrilled and excited to get started with what we're doing, or else I, I always say we might as well have a job. Right. Might as well right. be be that way. Well, now, you know, over the years, I'm sure that you've changed and refined a lot of the day-to-day activities do you, that you do. Uh, do you have a team of people that are helping you in your business? I have a virtual assistant that I've been working with since uh, the beginning of 2006. She's my good friend, Tishley. Um She manages my email my customer service and my calendar and and then she takes care of you know other odds and ends as I need help. She's my right hand woman in every way um, you know that's my that's my core team team it's just her and I. I do have partners though in in specific projects, so like my my mentoring website, Solo Masterminds, I partner with Lynette Chandler and Lexi Rodrigo. Um, we all bring different gifts to the table there. Um, and um, I've, ha- I've got other partners that I've worked with on different specific projects. So kind of the dream team is whatever it takes to make that particular project work really well. Well, what about um, so? So Lynette's doing the technical part, is what you're saying? Well, Lynette does the technical part when there's a technical need, but she also brings a, her marketing expertise. Okay. Okay. All and right. like Lexi, she's the copywriter. I am not a copywriter. I can, I can write copy, you know, theoretically, <laughs> but in <laughs> practice, in practice, it's not something I enjoy. So she takes care of all the copy 
Okay. Well, that's, I think it's wonderful to have, you know, different people that have different specializations and different strengths, and that way it works out well for everyone. Well, now, when you have new people come to you, how do you advise them to get started? Because most people will say that they, they don't even know who to team with or partner with or, or go to for various things, and money or, or sharing revenue, that might be an issue for them. So do you recommend that new people start out just by themselves, just a, a true solopreneur? I sure do. Um, I've done lots of great, wonderfully successful partnerships. Um, great partnerships with Nicole Dean and Alice Seba that back, and I just don't know where my business would be if it weren't for those relationships. Um, all positive in every way. Lots of trust, lots of profit. <laughs> um, I'm so blessed that way because I've got a lot. I've got many friends who look back on partnerships and see nothing but devastation and frustration because they didn't. They didn't have. They didn't trust. They didn't have clear boundaries. There. There wasn't. You know. Their finances got messed up. So, you know, a partnership can be the best thing that ever happened to you, and it can be the worst thing that ever happened to you. So, I would definitely say don't build your online business on a partnership. Build a business for yourself and then partner strategically on individual projects. That's much safer in the long run. Yes, and I just love the, the sound of that and, and how that would unfold as you were doing it on a regular basis. Well, yeah. you know, so you do create, though, Kelly, um, information products? And give us an example of, of one that you've created in the past year or so that that we could go through some of the, the steps of that and, and what that was like. Sure. Well, um, in the last year, I recreated a, an information product. Uh, my Smart Blogging Skills course is a 10-week course on blogging, um, on creating content for your blog, promoting your blog socially, um, <clears throat> profiting from your blog. Um, and so basically I sat down and I wrote 10 lessons. I wrote 10 brief lessons and then I recorded an audio to go with each one of those lessons. So to back up to when I originally created the course, I created it week by week. So every week I sat down and I wrote a lesson and I recorded an audio for it. And I did that every week for 10 weeks until the lesson course was complete. So obviously I started selling the course when I had the first lesson written. Um, I've been selling smart blogging skills for a couple of years now, and it needed to be updated. So this last year I went back and, and kind of tore it all apart to see what needed to be updated, and I realized it really needed to be, needed some things to be updated, and it needed to be expanded. Because in two years, video has really taken off, social media has expanded, and so I, I kind of deconstructed the whole thing and recreated it as 15 lessons. 
And, and again, I just sat down and I worked on each lesson one at a time and recorded an audio to go with it. And then updated my sales page, and that's what I've been marketing this year. Okay, so that's a real, you know, step-by-step process. And, you know, I'm just starting the podcast, and I, I know I have so many people that have come to me, they're interested in podcasts. And how does doing the podcast, you know, fit into your to your marketing plan? And also when you started it, was it to be part of a marketing plan, or did you start it for another reason? Well, when I started it in 2003, I, I, I did not see myself as a coach or a teacher in any way. I just felt like I loved the community. I loved talking. I loved interviewing people, and I wanted to sh- bring other people on to share their expertise and and just create something that connected everybody. Um, so that was 2003. It was 2004 before we created my masterminds, and it was 2005 before I released my first information product. So originally, I would say it was just a talk show. So okay. just interviews, just you know, just interviews, and I sold it. I made money from it because I had sponsors. Um, <clears throat> today, I don't have sponsors. I don't accept advertising. I, you know, because I do see it as being part of my marketing funnel. Um, even though I didn't set out for the show to to make me an, an authority, it did. Um, you know, when people hear your voice week after week and you're sharing your experiences, you know, not even trying to sound like you know what you're doing, just flat sharing what you're doing, what's working and what's not. You know, if they listen to you enough, they just come to trust you. And and that's everything about my business. Everything that, that is my business today was not my intention. I mean, I would like to say that back in 2002, I stayed down and masterminded out this great plan. I certainly did not. <laughs> I stumbled and tripped and fell <laughs> And and then woke up one day and realized, wow, people trust me and they're asking me questions. Maybe I ought to start teaching them something about what if, you know, my my audience asked me questions. My audience asked my advice. And and so it just came about real organically. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of is is organic with what you're describing. So then, over time, though, you when you realized how valuable this was, you decided to continue the podcast. Did you make any changes to anything that you were doing? Definitely. When I first started the podcast, it was a talk show. I interviewed, you know, all kinds of people about all kinds of things related to work-at-home moms. I had guest contributors. Um, I sold advertising. And today, I do not have guest contributors. I do not sell advertising, and I don't interview just just anybody. I interview people who specifically can bring my audience something that I can't bring them. You know, their own story, their own experience, their you know their own bumps and bruises. Um, you know, I I I'm not. I have a really good overall understanding of internet marketing. Most of us internet marketers do, but I'm not an SEO expert. So I bring on people who can share SEO knowledge. 
you know. Um, I, I do not bring people on the show who would just be another me, you know. People, people will contact me and say, hey, I'd love to be a guest. I'd love to come in and, and share this knowledge. And I read their list, and it's the same stuff I share. So I don't bring, I don't bring them on as a guest. They're not bringing something new to the table. So I'm, I'm more selective that way because ultimately my podcast, it's at the top of my marketing funnel. It's the free thing, and it, and it is designed in them to my stuff. That yeah. sounds so selfish. <laughs> you know, but it's but it's true, you know. The I'm creating relationships. I'm I'm sharing knowledge. I'm introducing them to cool, interesting people. And at the end of the day I hope that, that they respond to something that I've shared, whether they come buy one of my information products or if something I recommended as an affiliate, you know, I'm much more focused in that way. Well, I think you're a very savvy businesswoman, Kelly. I, I really do. And I, I think you've really, you know, used this experience to uh, to really transform yourself into a powerhouse. That's a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> a powerhouse. You, a powerhouse. Yes, yes. <laughs> Now, what about writing? Because you know, a lot of us we love we love teleseminars and webinars and and podcasts because it's talking. Do you do a lot of writing? Yeah, yeah, I do. And so you're writing your blog posts and articles and what else? Lessons for my membership site. Um, my lessons for products. I'm working on a book right now. Um, I just revamped a big a, one of my guides into um, kind of refreshed it from when it was focused on work at home moms to to now it's focused on solopreneurs. That took a couple of days of writing and adjusting and editing. Um, I'm very focused on writing right now. I I can talk any day of the year, but writing I've got to have that. I've got to be in that mood. And thankfully, I'm in the mood a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to write like crazy while I'm in the mood because I'll wake up one morning and I just won't feel it. <laughs> yeah, and it right. might I know what be you mean. before I feel it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people, you know, find the three or four hours a day that are really, it's your prime time. Yeah. And for me, that's, you know, like from 6 in the morning till about 10 to 11 or so. and. After that, yeah. I, I really don't do much much work. So, um, have yeah. you done that? Have you have you worked on your your prime time hours? Yes, I I chunk when I especially like now when I'm working on a book and I have a deadline for myself. Um, I I go into my calendar and I set writing date writing dates. I chunk out time, and for me, um, you know, like between. Like 9 and 11 at night, I'm very, my thoughts are very clear, and I don't have any phone scheduled. So that's when I'll do the majority of my writing. Excellent, excellent. So you said that you have lessons for your students that are in the membership site. So when someone joins your program, do they start at the beginning, or do they start with where everyone else is? 
How does that work? Well, at my membership site is, is Solo Masterminds, and for many years it's been an a la carte learning set. So we've released new resources every month for many, ever since 2004. So it's a big learning resource center. And people could just go in and whatever it was that they needed to work on at that time, they could probably go find a resource that spoke to it. Back in September of this year, when we rebranded from Mom Masterminds to Solo Masterminds, I kicked off a new set of curriculum, which is more precept upon precept. So, you know, we went all the way back to the beginning with brainstorming and choosing a business. <laughs> domain names, site building tools, you know, all the I mean just all the basic nuts and bolts. And and so that's that's gonna be a year long precept upon precept curriculum. So that's what I'm working on developing, you know, week by week, month by month, from last September through until this next September. So it's kind of both. There's still the a la carte learning center and there's the new precept learning area. Well, and I the love option, that idea. The precept learning lessons often refer them over to study one of the a la carte courses, not reinventing every section. But I'm building it into something that so if somebody comes in and they're just like, Hey, I just want to do this but I don't know what they could really start from that point. Excellent. Because you know, I love that idea. I just think it's so important to get that going and to be able to, you know, show people in a step-by-step -step way how they can do this business because I think you can get lost in the shuffle of everything that's happening. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure you've had students that come to you and, you know, maybe they've been to other people's programs and nobody took them by the hand mm -hmm. and led them step-by-step. -step. I was – I was – going back and forth with an email with someone this week. She's got a great blog. She's got a podcast. And she's really, I think she's really smart about things. She's got a great instinct for things. And I think, um, I think I assumed that she'd been doing this a little bit longer than she really had because I, I wrote her and I said, and set up a squeeze page. <laughs> and she wrote back and said, and okay, so I'll have to go figure out what that is. <laughs> And I, I got a giggle out of it, but sometimes we we take off running, and we do miss a big a big chunk, you know. A, a list building strategy like a squeeze page is pretty important. It, it really <laughs> um, is, but it's it's wonderful though that she felt comfortable enough with you to tell you that and didn't instead yep. just Google it and and find it out. Yep. So even those of us who've been doing this for a while, going back and, and kind of, even if all they do is scan the precept lessons, at least if there is a gap in their knowledge, they can pick it up then. And and I'm really enjoying writing it because it's making me go back and think about all of these things and really I'll find myself thinking, well, when's the last time I evaluate that area of my business? So... Wonderful, wonderful, because, you know, I, I think it really, you know, so many people just leave, they get discouraged, and I mm -hmm. think those numbers are just too high. I, you know, I know when I was in the classroom, I I always had to be responsible for everybody that came through my doors, 
and I think if we could get a little bit more of that from the online instructors, it, it would be wonderful and would help more people to actually create something that would change their lives. over time. So what's going to be new for you in 2012? Do you have something else that you're creating? You said you're you're writing a book. Is that is that your new uh, venture into into 2012? Well, I'm writing a book called Solopreneurs Are Smarter and it's kind of just a little personal passion project. I want um I want a little hard co- co- hard copy book that I could give to somebody who doesn't really know what a solopreneur is and what we online marketers do. Um, that's that's definitely one, one thing that I'm working on. Um, my I just finished my rebranding from the WAM market to the solopreneur market. I, I sold off my old cart that has all the mom-focused products in it, and I started my new cart with just the solopreneur-focused products. And so I'm really focusing in on making the most of what I already have. I've got these great courses I've created. Um, so I'm going back, like, I'm re-releasing them with group coaching options um, because I know I'm going to hit that wall where I don't feel like writing for a while. <laughs> so if I focus on reusing what I've got, re-presenting what I have, and teaching it in different ways, then um, I'm not going to, you know, my, my paychecks aren't going to shrivel up when I don't feel like writing. Um, and and I do plan, my smart blogging skills course, I do plan on following that up with a smart podcasting skills course. Oh, good. Um, and then I have, I, I have plans to, like, partner with someone else on, like, smart copywriting skills, smart VA skills, do a couple of other multi-part things uh, to help people with specific things. Excellent. Excellent. I just love the way that your mind thinks. You're very organized and you seem to really, you know, have your have your finger on the pulse of of what people want and need, which, you know, it's two different things, but when they can get that all all together, I think it's just fantastic. Just fantastic. Well, you know, you've talked about some of your programs and everything. Where is the best place for people to to come and find you? Where should they start? Definitely start at Solo Smarts with the podcast and the blog. There's a free Smart Start guide there, 96 pages, um, really designed for that new solopreneur. Um, if if you're if you're serious about this stuff, I, man, I'd love to have you join us at Solo Masterminds. It is a paid private membership site, um, but not terribly expensive in comparison to many other programs out there, and you do only pay for your membership for one year, and then you're in for good. So, Perfect. Some, something I'm proud of. Yes, yes, and, and so, so necessary. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. You've been so gracious to be my guest on this show that I'm just getting off the ground. And uh, what advice would you give me as someone who's new to doing a weekly podcast? Oh, wow. Well, it's been a huge honor to be here and to think that I'm the, on the first show is just a, <laughs> is just a thrill. Um, you know, just 
the biggest advice I would have would be to be consistent. If you're going to call it weekly, then be weekly. Your, your listeners will come to be addicted to it, and they'll flip out if they open up their iTunes and your show's not there. <laughs> so okay, well, that's don't let us know, Connie. <laughs> All right, I, I won't, and I really will take that advice to heart. I appreciate it so much. So thank you again, Kelly, and thanks to our new listeners. This is Connie Reagan-Green. I've been interviewing Kelly McCausey from solosmarts.com. Take care. Bye-bye.